Today is Friday, July 14th, 2023, and you have found the Living Youth Podcast. I am John Robinson, and I'm here with my co-host partner, Mr. Wallace Smith. Mr. Smith, how are we doing this afternoon? Doing very well. Just uh, took a drink of water. Trying not to swallow in front of the microphone so all of our listeners don't have to experience hearing we me need, swallow. Uh, we need what the industry calls the cough button. We can <laughs> we need, mute our microphone temporarily with a button. We do need something, yeah. But uh, anyway, if you're listening to us, we're doing our best to, to not make accidental noises like yes. swallowing and coughing. So you're so kind to us. Thank you, thank you, listeners. You're very kind with us. All right, Mr. Smith, what is on tap for our topic today? On tap today, and you came up with the title. We talked about the topic together, but I love the title. The title uh, and subject of our podcast today is The Lure of the Influencer Life. The Lure of the Influencer Life. I, I love it because it's my topic. It it's my title. It's, it's your my title. title. It's, it's a good a, title. It's a combo t- topic. Yep. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Living Youth Podcast. And before we jump right in, I actually do want to say one thing. Most of you listening already know this, but Teen Camp is going on right now in Texas. As we record this, it's about the middle of the day for them, and they're going to be getting ready for the Sabbath. Things are already in process. And one, we certainly appreciate your prayers for the Teen Camp going on in Texas. My wife and and three of my sons are out there, and everything I've heard so far, uh, they seem to be having a great time. In fact, looking at the pictures, it looks like they're having a great time. And I get to see those pictures pretty quickly because, one, my wife uh, is working with Mrs. Braddock to take the pictures, and she sends them to me, and she puts them up on the livingyouth.org uh, website. And I, as the editor, I kind of go out there and to make sure it gets up and is nice and clean. And before we go into the topic, I just want to encourage all of you, if you would like to see photos from camp, head out to livingyouth.org because that's where we're putting them. Uh, Actually, it's mainly focused on the teen camp, but we do hope to post some photos from uh, some of the preteen camps. And also, I've got, I just haven't put them up yet. I have some beautiful pictures from the adventure camp. The adventure camp was in the Northwest, Mr. Robinson, that's I can't remember the name of the place. Something uh, was, Olympic Park. National. Yeah, the the uh, yeah. No, I think that's it. Yeah, but it, it did. It actually looked uh, looked stunning. So well, we anyway. traveled there one year, some years ago, and it really was. It was it was quite impressive. Oh, really? Yeah, it's uh, th- there was a lot of superlatives about it in terms of the site itself, and the pictures looked great. They had to split them up into two groups because the one group was too large to go in as one group, and so they split it up as two groups, uh, which I think probably added to the experience in a lot of different ways. But anyway, the point of this is to say. If you want to see camp photos, uh, not to mention the podcast is headquartered out there at livingyouth.org, and we do put up occasional other things, other videos, things we find online, just head out to livingyouth.org. Yes, and keep them in your prayers because I just pulled up the weather. Yeah, what is it? Okay, there's a story. It says it, it says it's 89, and I'm like, oh, 89 in Texas, that's not too bad. But mm. keep in mind out there it's uh, 1130 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then down below it says, feels like 98. <laughs> and the high is 100 today. Oh, wow. So that's, they still got 11. They got 11 rough. points of temperature to climb. So that's, you know, that's fascinating. People that haven't had the privilege of living in Texas don't realize. So when, when I lived in Austin for almost 19 years, mm-hmm. there were more than a handful of times I went to bed at 10 o'clock at night and the, the temperature had not dropped out of the 90s yet. Yeah, that's right. That just 
that would shock a lot of people, but that is a, that is actually a norm. So yeah, that's life in life in Texas. You know, in fact, you know, this podcast is just two old Texas boys you know, mm-hmm, sitting, it is. Here, sitting here and talking. Uh, all right, let's jump into our topic, Mr. Robinson. And I will uh, uh, mention this. This topic was actually prompted by some some really interesting insights Mr. Robinson had provided and we talked about and thought it'd be a good topic. Uh, you had mentioned to me a particular couple or some sort of influencers. We're talking about social media influencers, I should say. So that, that's been going on for a long time, but essentially you have individuals or couples who are posting videos on YouTube or they're posting their pictures on Instagram or they're making TikTok videos, but they are seeking to influence people, you know, where they're trying to, they got a way of life they're trying to share, or they have a product they're trying to share or, or something. But the word influencers has come to land on these individuals because essentially that's what they do. They're, mm. they some have made a, an entire life out of influencing other people. And Mr. Robinson actually had a behind the scenes story that was just fascinating to me. And Mr. Robinson, maybe you share it with us. Well, so for about 10 years, I would, I was trying to figure out how long I've been, um, let's say, let's call it entertained, entertained in this way, because in the past it was just TV real straightforward. Right. But then it got to where we, for various reasons, didn't want to pay for cable or satellite. And I didn't think it was great quality stuff anyway, and try not to watch a lot of TV, but basically I replaced it with YouTube, <laughs> essentially social media consumption. Uh, I would, I would say though I was never on Facebook, I was on Instagram for a long time. I was on Twitter for a, a while. I'm not on either of those anymore, but I do still. So like on YouTube right now, I'll watch YouTube videos and they tend to fall under the category of people who are traveling. There's a guy right now I'm, I'm interested in who's trying to do an off grid home in Northern Arizona. And mm. that's kind of fascinating. He clearly doesn't really know what he's doing, but he's mm-hmm. kind of hacking his life out. And so it's sort of interesting, but, yeah. but what it's, what, what, prompted all this and i will go into one of the original uh stories that i followed was realizing that i had followed i don't know probably 40 or 50 people's journeys from uh what they call van lifers so an individual or often a couple traveling around and they've renovated a van they just travel around that always appealed to me i always thought that it seemed like that would be fun not for the rest of my life but for yeah that that kind of nomadic sense you know yeah yeah cool and then there's people who did the same same kind of thing, uh, sailing, and then YouTube was really coming into its own, so people were increasingly finding that one of the ways you could um, uh, uh, finance your lifestyle was a successful YouTube channel or, or Instagram. Ah, so having this lifestyle, but then putting it out for other people to, to see. Exactly, okay. exactly. So there's one in particular, and Mr. Smith and I have already decided that in general we are not going to mention names of channels or influencers. Right. And that will apply here. But one of the earliest ones was a couple that had renovated a little VW van and they were traveling around. And, and this was before YouTube. They were not on YouTube. This was they had a blog and they had Instagram. And they, what was fascinating about them was they were very upfront with what they were doing and that they had a theory on mm. how life could be lived. And I actually have pulled it up to, to read to our listeners today. Okay. Okay. And, you, and, and, and keep in mind, as you read this, this is pretty typical of what other people say to one degree or another and how it sounds interesting. And like, like maybe, maybe you would be tempted to, to follow a lifestyle like this. Okay. Here's what they say. 
we hit the road to redefine conventional definitions of and our relationship to both work and play. As we created a new normal for ourselves, we developed a thesis, a hypothesis, our idle theory, which states there are three divisions of time, idle, time spent doing nothing, two, work, time spent on survival, our already interesting way to, to define mm, work. Very interesting. Three, leisure, time spent pursuing passions. And who doesn't out there want to oh, pursue their passions? great, right. That's flash our irony warning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they go on. Modern society and the people that live within its paradigm greatly overvalue work. The modern person defines themselves by their work-related achievements. They devote the majority of their time to work, ignoring or neglecting both leisure and idleness. This leaves us imbalanced and unfulfilled. We believe that through limiting our work time and the material possessions acquired through work, modern man can reclaim his leisure and idle time. Doing so, he transforms into a balanced, whole human being. If we all shake our work addiction and the stuff addiction that accompanies it, the major problems of modern life will disappear. Wow. Do you have any initial thoughts on that, Mr. Smith? Oh, wow. Uh, well, where, where do you make a start? whole sideshow on that? <laughs> right. So without taking us too far down the line, I would just say that that sounds like the standard kind of stuff you get eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yep. You see realities yep. about life. There's times when you're actually not occupied by anything and there's times you're working and there's times you have leisure and that somehow working is the enemy in that particular case. And you've got to redefine it. And if only we weren't so tied to stuff and so tied to this, which I know because we talked earlier, as we will hear, they did make a living for a time doing mm -hmm. this kind of thing. But one, that was still a kind of work. But secondly, how are they even making a living? Because people who do work are taking what they've earned right. to send to them, you know? Right. So yeah, there's, Again, one God didn't show up in that philosophy. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds to me like the kind of thing that's doomed from the start right, in the sense right. that you, the Bible says wisdom begins with the fear of God. And I'm not saying they would sound like bad people. They sound like confused people, but even assuming they're sincere, that they, they started from a dangerous foundation. Right. So I wouldn't expect, I would expect it potentially to seem great. Like, oh boy, now I'm going on, but I'll, I'll be real brief. It's too late to be brief. Solomon. In Ecclesiastes, man, it's just hit me. I wish I'd put this in our show prep earlier, but essentially he was living the influencer life in a right, lot of things. Right. Here he is pursuing a way of life. He's enjoying this and enjoying that. And in the end, he discovered there was an emptiness. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, yeah, no, like, I, let's, let's continue with the that's story. That's fantastic, Mr. Smith, because I, I've increasingly over the years started to realize actually how important Ecclesiastes is because yeah. we, we like here's these well-intentioned people who are what in their minds exploring a new mode of living. And Solomon, if you read it and take it in essence, says, Essentially I, I, already, that. I already did that. <laughs> we all think something's new. I think it is Solomon. Is it Solomon who says there's nothing new under the sun? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So there's not, this is not a new idea. They don't understand. Um, but there's a couple of things right off the top that, that when, as I was reading this again, I was reminded of um, Mr. Armstrong really makes a point of this. And I believe it was, the mystery of the ages, the last book he wrote before his death, um, when he's talking about who, who and what is God and his nature. Okay. And one of the points he makes is I work and my father works. I think Christ mm. said that when well, he would have to have been the one that said that. And that's the point, <laughs> like one of the fundamental, um, elements of God's very nature is, is work. Yes. Now 
I do agree that there are clearly people, especially in Western society, they get really caught up in work and it becomes a, an obsession and an idol yes. to them. So there you, you can, yeah, there can be a seed of truth there. Absolutely. Right. You do need, they talk about your relationship to work and that should be considered. But I, I, you know, my dad told me something that I totally didn't believe when he told me this because hmm. I was a teenage boy who definitely tried to get out of work whenever I could. Uh, and he knew that. He said, you know, if you, this is, he, he was probably quoting other wisdom, you know, but he, he did say, if you find a job that you like, you'll, you won't even, it won't even feel like work to you. You know, you feel like you never work again. And, and I thought, no way work is work and work is to be, is problematic, but he was right. I mean, he's not the only person that said that I think of like baseball players, this is decades ago would say, man, I earn a living playing a game, you know, and if you, I, it really is true. Like I, I do, when I come in to this office, Mr. Smith and get to work with you, I never, I rarely think of it as my job in one sense. Mm. Like clearly there's a lot that we do. We're quite productive. There's a lot of work that we do as people yes. would define it, but I never think of it in work as the way they're thinking of it, which is a, this negative thing that, that you want to avoid as much as you right. can. Something we're addicted to. We got to break our addiction to work. Like it, it, you know, I don't get into our capitalism and socialism kind of thing, but there is a certain attitude that somehow work is, is the bad thing. Not well, I say so. It's like, for instance, those individuals. And I think I mentioned them in the, one of the last two ones where people said, Oh, I can't wait for communism because I want to be a poet or I want to be this. Like if only you could somehow realize the dream that you that that we don't have to work could be real uh that, yeah there is kind of an attitude out there about some of that and there and so when i was when you were dropping me off to pick up my car and we were talking about this i was sharing it with you and this will hopefully lead into our, our main points um an observation i had which was i had been following some of these stories for a very long time and how many of these stories came to an end mm a breakup, uh, a disillusionment with this lifestyle they'd chosen. It wasn't working out the way they thought. Um, sometimes they, they may not be fully this aware, this consciously aware of it, but they've kind of come to a point where they r recognize that it's not the purpose they thought it was. And they're looking for more, something more meaningful in their lives, but merely like adventure and travel can be fun for a time, but it is not a long-term pursuit in and of right. itself. Right. And that's, that is interesting. And was that the couple that you just described, was that the same couple where you, you do eventually learn more of how, how their journey went oh, for right, them? Right. I mean, I would argue now I have not followed them closely in five years. And so I did a little bit of digging around to, to see, but I would argue that experiment lasted about four years because you can kind of tell when they stopped posting about it mm. and there was a big gap. And I know that they had, they had split up at one point and I know that they did, but uh, it seems like recently they, they've possibly gotten back together again and, and are doing some of the same things. But um, their idle theory, I think proved <laughs> to not, not be what they thought it would be. Yeah. We, and we'll, we'll get to this, but that's the kind of thing they're not posting is their, arguments right there you know right. how how, how, how well, poorly a trip goes they or, did, did, did they little. do some of that there was another couple that had a very similar kind of thing although they didn't have this manifesto and um and the same thing happened with them it just mm. long term they they, they <laughs> what happens is the guy actually starts sleeping in a tent outside the van <laughs> ah. when that happens we're, we're we're headed in the wrong direction yeah that's true well, and, and then in in fact i changed my policy just so everybody knows after a while, I would not follow 
couples that weren't married. Interesting. Good. But the ones, the ones that don't get married, they always split up. Interesting. Ah, very interesting. I would think some of the ones who perhaps do get married, maybe split up, but, but all the more that is interesting. I I imagine after a while that becomes the reason you're together is your business partners essentially. And and we'll kind of get to the business aspect. In fact, let me jump into that right here at well, the beginning. Time. Sorry, I was thinking of one that maybe I don't think they got married, but I'm not. I'm not sure. So, but a very, very high percentage of the time, they they don't last. Hey, clawing back and always, I will never complain about. I, I think that's thing that's wise. So, Miss Robinson and I, we were talking about these uh, these things. It hit us that well, influencers are huge. That is, it's a huge business influencing others using social media. And when I say others. I'm speaking mainly to you out there, those of you who are teens, those of you who are young adults. The influencer industry is growing to be a vast market that is actively targeting you. Uh, For instance, I have just a few different statistics. Researchers have discovered that what's used to be popular when, when I was a youngin back in the dinosaur days and we're watching television was to get celebrity endorsements, right? Uh, you get air Jordan shoes, Michael right. Jordan, et cetera. Well, I had air Jordan. It worked. You? I bought air Jordan <laughs> shoes when I was in That's middle fascinating. school. Yeah. Well, so looking at millennials, but then even younger, uh, there's one research showed that, uh, like half of millennials trusted social influencers more than, celebrities. If it was someone they've been following on social media, that meant more to them than some celebrity like, well, it increases the younger you get. So looking at teenagers, for instance, 70% of teens trust social influencers more than they do celebrities. Right now, marketing by influencers is considered to be a more profitable for a company than just plain old print stuff, like putting stuff in the mail and marketing that way. In fact, at least one look, and I have seen this statistic reference in multiple places, suggests that for every single dollar that a company pays on influencer marketing, so someone's on TikTok, they're they're on Instagram, they're on YouTube, they're an influencer, and a company gives them spends a dollar to use that influencer to um, to advertise their product that generally they make a 500 to 650% return on that. Wow. So for every dollar they're willing to spend about five to six and a half dollars comes back to them consequently. And this is information from, from late 2022. So I can't speak concerning the state of 2023, but it was believed by the end of that year, 2022, that the, the marketing industry marketing via influencer was going to become a more than $16 billion industry. And the reason I bring all that up, speaking to all of our young listeners out there is, man, anytime there is money involved, so many things change. And to take for granted the idea that, ah, yeah, but I'm not going to be really influenced by all this kind of stuff. And I will say younger people do tend to be more, what's the word, uh, jaded about advertising or distrustful of advertising. And so it's easy to think, yeah, we're the generation that knows how to see through it all, Mm -hmm. right? Because we've seen so much advertising, we can see through it all. But that's what, when there's that much money, you're never immune. They just figure out, well, how do I get by 
your jadedness? How do I get by your savvy, say? And influencers are part of how they do that. They've realized, yeah, you may not fall for a commercial, mm-hmm. but you will fall for this guy that I've paid a buck to, you know, and I'm going to get $6.50 back out of it. And so it is a vast industry. You've got titans of industry that are seeking to influence your mind and not just industry ideologues people trying to to get worldviews stuck in your brain influencers are a vehicle for all of that on social media these individuals and so we thought you know what this is a topic for the living youth podcast let's go ahead and talk about some of these things and let's talk about how to think about influencers wisely and how to have kind of a a more biblically oriented brain And, and a, something of a warning to not get caught up wishing your life looked like one of these influencer lives right. because, you know, I, I know that like every, I would suspect that the majority of people out there in the audience is aware that the influencers are not showing everything going on in their life. We, right. We have a basic understanding of that, but they're even more emphasizing how great their life and their lifestyle is. Now you do eventually, if they've been around long enough, you'll start to see the video, a video, the video that pops up and. Hey, where have we been for these last few months? Or things aren't <laughs> things aren't great. Or we're resetting things. They do, it does happen. Yeah, well, we've been going through counseling, and we've uh, <laughs> yes, you know we've been we've been you I, know, we've been gone for a while. I've, I've seen I've seen stories like that. Yeah, and I have some. So yeah, well, we'll we'll actually I think hopefully we'll highlight some of those. But Mr. Robinson hit exactly the nail on the head. Man, it's easy to see people living this life and think, oh, that would be great. Mm-hmm. I would I would lo- I'd love to look like that, or I'd like to be that self confident, or I'd like to be traveling like that. And it's easy to get caught up in all of that and not realize that that what you're being shown is not exactly what is going on. Now I know Ms. Robinson, I'm so glad you put it that way. We're not assuming you're that you're dumb and thinking, you're right. I'm just falling for all this mm-hmm. stuff. You guys. Yeah. We know that's not the case. All of us are savvy. Every one of us who watches a commercial recognizes it's a commercial, right? It's trying to sell us something, but the reason they pour so much money in is because it works. And I, boy, I, I gave a split a long time ago about fake world uh, and, and data, you know, processing data in fake world that your brain isn't designed to live in this fake artificial environment. It's designed to live in the real world. And we can I think all we want, like, ah, man, I know, I know this isn't real, but there's a part of your brain that is still taking it in. And yeah, of course, maybe the first podcast you listen to them or the first uh, few pictures on Instagram. But after you begin feeding on it, mm-hmm. after a while, your brain starts taking it in like anything else you start feeding it after a while. You can't keep eating something and not have it impact you. Uh, that's just that's just the way that's that's the way that's the way the world works. That's the way your brain works. So yes, we're not assuming that you're all dummies out there. And it's like, oh, thanks for helping me on the internet. I'm so scared. Uh, we are though trying to warn you against yourself that yeah, don't think this stuff isn't having an influence on you because right. there's a reason these people have climbed to the top of the world of influencers is because they have been shown to be able to have. Right. And that's why that's why they're earning the money. Well, look, I mean, there's there's some. What I, well, I hope uh, <laughs> science-based uh, podcasts I listen to one one individual in particular that I've mentioned on here before. It's not the one you're thinking of, and uh, <laughs> I've I've bought a because I, I I had a supplement I wanted to get, and he recommended it, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get his because he says it's good, you know, because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I believe I like it. He's really smart. High yeah. levels of trust, yeah, and belief that he is recommending a great product. But do I really know? 
you know, but that, but the point is I myself am influenced by people yeah. who have influence. You know, I, I, I'm going to guess who it is you're thinking of and I'm going to guess the product and you know, I haven't, I haven't bought it, but I looked it up recently mm-hmm. and it wasn't because, uh, I, I think I heard him talk about it once. But why did I look that one up versus any other one? It's because I heard him right. mention it. And I did go under some reviews and I saw someone saying, oh, I like this one better than that one. Hmm. But even then, uh, it was still leading me towards a a product adjacent to that one. And why am I even looking at that at all? Is because I'd, I'd heard that, him mention that, it. Right. Yeah. And that individual has credibility with us. Yes. I mean, I would actually say who it is. It's not embarrassed. We're just trying to keep it. Oh, yeah. He's not, a, he's not a bad guy. It's an yeah. interesting program. But we really are trying to keep this because we don't want to accidentally influence you in a, in a wrong direction. But no, yeah, it's actually a very interesting podcast. All right. So we've isolated three, at least three reasons why you should be cautious. And we'll kind of start from the most extreme, but then go down, I think, to some that are the most subtle, but actually still powerful. Why you want to not just trust what it is that you're seeing and you want to keep your brain on. In fact, sometimes concluding you don't need to watch something at all uh, when it comes to these influencers. And the first one that we have here is that sometimes with social media influencers, it really is just actual fraud and manipulation. I mean, just straight up as in they're saying things and the things they're saying are a lie or the lifestyle they're depicting is a lie. And that behind the scenes, there's something very different going on. And I actually do have an example. We're not even going to name these examples. In fact, we've even talked about some cases in prepping for the show. Some people that regret the choices they made. Oh yeah. I bring some of those up, but in this particular case, there was a, an influencer who was really big on uh, veganism and that was her whole shtick. And she was really doing very well. She even began to sell uh, a detox program based on uh, veganism and what she was doing. And man, she was living the vegan life. And then someone, uh, a fan or a follower or someone happened to catch her eating uh, some meat in this case, I think it was fish, but eating some meat uh, in private somewhere, but they recognized her and they video recorded it and they posted it. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. So they, they actually, so she came clean and said, you know, in fact, I actually have a quote here. It was, it's not a quote actually, but it's uh, someone who was summarizing things to see. It said that, Oh yeah, she did apologize for it, but she said that, frankly, the the vegan diet, uh, her doctors had told her it was messing with her body right. and she was not healthy. And her doctors had said, you've got to stop this and you need to add some some meat or eggs in or something. So she on the side behind the scenes. Oh, you know, there's there's some, there's she's not eating vegan. And yet, at least best I can tell. That's why I'm not giving her name, because mm-hmm. maybe there's some details wrong. But uh, when it comes to the, when the camera is on, it's all vegan and living la vida vegan. That's not the title of it. I just made that up. I and, like it. Hey, thank you. And yet, and selling products, but behind the scenes, no, she's, she's actually taking right. in some good old meat, you know, and good old and good old eggs. So that was just, just an example of outright fraud, but it doesn't have to be that big. 
Uh, for instance, uh, I, I remember seeing a clip of this particular influence. I've seen several examples like this. You may have seen them in various places. Like there was a, a woman, she's kind of dressed up for it. So she's looking fashionable, but yet like she's here to work and she was on the beach and she's, I saw that. yeah, she's picking up some trash or something. She got her friend recording it. And then as soon as they turn the camera off, well, you know, you just leave and that's yeah, it. It's left like the trash bag. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've seen the same thing like a disaster places, mm-hmm. uh, protests. Uh, well, I think of a famous person that I, yeah, I'm not going to name, but especially in 2020, the summer of protest, individuals going out there with a, that a sign like, ah, here I am, you know, I'm here to protest. And as soon as the picture's out, well, they're gone. They're not, they're not really a part yep. of the crowd. They showed up just for, just for the photo. So, uh, yeah, sometimes it's just, you need to keep in mind don't don't be gullible. You know the Bible advocates for wisdom and recognizing that people are are faulty and sinful, and just because someone seems incredibly sincere and their life seems like oh I want that so bad is that how they did that? Well, that's what I'm going to do. You you cannot trust it. Don't take it for granted. Well, back when I was on Instagram, there was a family living in Ohio that I followed for a little while, and one thing about the. Uh, vegans if you don't follow them very long before you know they're vegan like that takes like 30 seconds because <laughs> they'll mention it yeah they'll they'll mention it all the time and and look i get it like it looks they lived in hawaii they're, they're tan the breeze is blowing through their hair that acai bowl looks amazing <laughs> you know all these kind of things but but my larger point really is that you're having a very carefully crafted and curated lifestyle presented to you that is maybe only really a tip of the iceberg of what's What's going on in their life? You know, it's funny because you you said the acai bowl, and I haven't gone to Smoothie King in a while because I've uh, I'm, I'm working on trying to become less of me. And smoothies may be healthy, but when mm. you look at the calorie count and stuff, it's like oh, it's, it's super massive. Yeah. But I, I noticed they were advertising these bowls, and a lot of them are these acai bowls. And it, you're right, they look fantastic. I had but, one this summer, and it was delightful. Ah, uh, good. But the but I I've, I just learned I don't trust pictures on the menu items. It's kind of like you go into a burger place or something, and Oh, the burgers look like the most beautiful, you know, things you've ever seen in your life in the ads. And then you get it and you are played and it's like, well, it looks like a real normal, you know, burger. So kind of like you're saying the, the, the front, there's a front and you're seeing the front. That's right. You're just and, not necessarily seeing reality. And again, salute back to, if you follow some of these channels long enough, you'll eventually start to see in most cases, the downside start to come around. So like, uh, there was another vegan influencer you and I talked about, and after about three years she had to change her diet. Oh yeah. Okay. We're actually getting to some of those points. That's right. All right. So, so let's descend. So we talked about actual fraud and manipulation first, where someone isn't living the life. You think I want that life. They don't even have the life they're showing you, you know, they're actually doing something completely different and, and hiding it. But let's, let's descend towards honesty and let's move. Let's say there's someone who's sincere, but still there, there's things that are, that, that, you're not seeing reality. Someone can be sincere and still not be showing you yep. a reality in a sense. Like for instance, uh, one point you're seeing, and, and, and honestly, all of us who might be on social media do this. This is not, this is not being insincere. What you post is what you decided was postworthy, you know? Uh, if you, if you had a fantastic breakfast, you, oh, you take a picture, I take it, look at, look at the wonderful breakfast I had, but man, if you had this ugly breakfast that you realize this is not the, you know, most people don't post that they might post it as a joke or ha ha ha, but you know, you don't post the mundane 
parts of your life. You don't post, hey, look, uh, you don't like if you have a video of yourself on vacation, that's fantastic. You post that. But, you know, if you spent three hours that night working on your budget uh, because your paycheck wasn't quite as big as you hoped and you got your checkbook out or we don't have checkbooks, a lot of us anymore, we're online, but still, who sets up their phone and videos themselves trying to figure out their budget, right? And kind of pulling their hair out a bit. And, and nobody well, would watch it. Yeah, and, and nobody would. In fact, I don't think I want to meet the people who actually want to would want to watch something like that. The The challenge is, if something is post-worthy, it's, it's, not a, it's not really a reflection of reality. It's, it's a small slice. It's a facet of something. And in this case, with influencers, what is deciding the facet? Well, you know, when you're on social media, you might have posted, what decides what you post? Well, maybe my friends will laugh at it. Or maybe my friends will, will, will it'll be kind of like sharing pictures when you get back from a vacation or something. But for an influencer... What is determining what they post is generally a business model. They want followers. They want more followers. They they want the products that they're selling, or for that matter, the lifestyle they're trying to selling. They want other people to be interested in that. And the mere fact that you're seeking followers, I'm not even saying they're doing it for a wrong reason. They might really sincerely believe in their product, but the mere fact of seeking followers is going to change right. the dynamic. You're well, not going to present the same things you normally would. One one of the ones that was one of the earliest follows that I had and is still going on, they started very innocently. Um, no intent to have a channel. It was before that even became a thing. But I did note that once they realized they could make money from it, it mm. did. And I'm not. This is not a criticism of them. I would probably do the same thing, but it did. It did very clearly impacted how they filmed their channel. Right, right. And that can be that can be a completely what's the word? I'm not saying like not purposeful to manipulate someone, but you're like if 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 the company sends you a product, like oh hey here here's some products for you can you know please show. Well, you're not going to pick the grungiest looking box, like they, 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 they sent you, you're going to pick the nicest looking box, right? Or if, you know, if you only have five minutes to talk about your day and how wonderful it's been because of uh, the vacation you're on, well, you're not going to talk about necessarily the, some of the people you met in line that you really didn't enjoy spending time with or talking to, you know, it's, there's a natural filtering that's going on and that filter just simply isn't reality. Uh, Also, if you, if you think about it, you're looking at, you're looking through what I call, this is not a great name for it. I'll come up with a a name one day, maybe in the future, but you're looking through the window of the post, like a post window. You know, when you look at the world outside from your house, you're looking through a window and that window does give you a view of some actual things out there. It's very nice. But if that's all you're looking through, you're missing stuff off to the side, to the right, to Mm -hmm. the left. There's a lot of elements of reality. You're not really seeing your, your view has been narrowed. Well, even this particular case, you can see all you're really seeing on these people's lives. Let's 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 say you're and, and please don't do this. This is obsessive, but let's say you watched uh, two hours a day. That's extreme, right? You just you're so addicted to this person. You you know, in fact, if they don't even put two hours of content on that day, you're going back to their archives to find mm-hmm. something old. Let's say you're just really really got to watch this influencer. 
Well, that that's a whole 22 hours that are not included in that. And if you go back to, well, oh, but they did, they talked about what their night's sleep was like, or they're talked about, okay, well now you got the selection effect, right? They're picking from those things and putting them in the window. In the end, you're seeing this small slice and you might think, man, I really want that life. But you know what? What if you actually were walking around with them? What if you actually, instead of watching their posts for a month, were literally with them that whole month? You're going to see sides of things that are not the sides that they show. And I'm not even talking about them being deceptive. They might even have aspects that influence their description. Like, oh, man, I tell you, the riverfront uh, life, you know, in such and such country or city it's amazing. And maybe that's all they really say. And they show a few pictures, but if you were actually to quote unquote party with them that whole time, you might discover that there are whole swaths of that life that you'd think, Oh wait, I don't, I I don't, I don't want that. And they don't even bother to show it because for them, it might just be taken for granted. I, for granted, I've noticed with some individuals that I've just seen, like they say famous individuals, they seem like really decent people. I'm not saying they're not, just so you know. I'm not trying to say everyone who's famous is is not decent. But I just know some cases where they seem like a very decent person. So I think, you know, I actually wouldn't mind knowing that guy, actually. I think mm-hmm. it'd be nice yep. to get to know that guy. And then a, a window to their world is opened up that's far larger for some reason. And the world, the rest of the world thinks it's, oh, that that's an even better thing about that guy. And then I think... I I would never want to spend time with that person. I would never want to know that person. And it's not because they were hiding anything. It's just the, the, the porthole through which I had the chance to view their life was so narrow snippet of who they are. And yeah, and that's all you're getting. Well, I have a, I have a, an example. Okay. That. So let's say that you were pretty sincere. You're not misleading. You just, you really did your channel and you were excited about it and you achieved the success you were looking for. All right. Let's say I did would that. Would you, would you find the fulfillment you were looking for? And I have mm. a great example of one. So again, we're not saying who, but this is, there's many, many travel vloggers out there. I mean, mm. like on YouTube, I can't imagine of all the channels, like what are their video game channels that, that are, you know, you're recording yourself gaming, things like that. But travel one has to be one of the highest segments in there yeah. i would think so this individual has millions of subscribers they started back in 2015 through 2016 something like this so there's and and i only followed him some here and there and then off and on and then the the their videos were repetitive and it wasn't that interesting but he recently posted a video in the last few months where he kind of was sort of like a, a you know, like a life update or where we're at kind of thing. And he said some absolutely fascinating things because I really, t- he was probably one of the, I would guess one of the earlier people that really had really widespread success on just traveling the world. Well, there were, there were a number, um, but he had all this, like, it looked awesome. It looked exciting. He was going to the most amazing places. He liked warm weather, so it was almost always kind of tropically based okay. in some way. But he he went to other places. Very successful. And I've got some excerpts from what he's concluded. So I, at least seven years later in, into his adventure, here's what he said. You know, he's commenting on his journey from his nine-to-five job to a successful travel vlogger. And he said, uh, what do I want to pick it up? So he said, as you probably know, it worked like his journey worked. And he says, my mission was complete. And when that happened, I think the purpose of my channel 
took a, took a little bit of a confusing turn. Hmm. You see, the reason so many of us watch YouTube is because there's a real connection. There's a real person behind that lens. But when the mission is gone, when the purpose behind the channel fades, it's like, well, what's all this? What's all this for? Like, is this just a travel series of vlogs? And he gets a little bit further in, and he has this very interesting conclusion. So he asked himself, where do, where does he see himself in ten years? And he said, on on the foundational level, it's about security and stability. I think that my biggest dream in life has always been to provide for my family. By the way, he's not married, but he wants that. The what he calls the rock steady life that they need, providing for his family. The thing I really dream of is having an amazing wife, just absolutely loving her to pieces to be able to grow a beautiful family with three kids. It's very specific about it. Um, And I'll need a plot of land, but this seems like it could be a great spot, which by the way was Bali. (laughs) (laughs) And he wants to be surrounded by his parents and his brother. So, and then one other, one other comment here, he says, uh, the people of Bali are so kind, so sweet. They understand that life is not just about money and power. It's about tradition. It's about ceremony. It's about family. And that's something that I think in, in certain chapters of my life, I've lost out on. So Mm -hmm. he has some regret. So here he is living a life that looks exciting that most people or many people, if they were honest, were like, oh man, I would love to go around and travel and do that. And it's. It's carefully curated content. He's, he's, he's a good filmmaker, if you, we can call it that, and does a fantastic job. And he himself feels like maybe he's lost some time pursuing this when it could have been spent on forming his family and the foundations of his life. And it's so interesting. They want to start actually grounding themselves. And he's talking about picking a spot and, and living your life. That is that is really interesting. That just so, you, just so our listeners know, it's going to transition right here into our last point. But it, it did make me think of, I could not help but think of Ecclesiastes. I, it, it actually strikes me that I didn't think of Ecclesiastes more as we were prepping for the program because Solomon essentially, like he says things like, like uh, I looked up Ecclesiastes 5.10. He says, he who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. That is, for a while, it's easy to get caught up in thinking that, yeah, this is the life. This is, But then the more you get of that, either you continue seeking to consume it to destruction, or you do come to a place where you recognize, you know, actually, I, I want something more profound than this. I need something more anchored than this. I need, I need, because really the things he was talking about that he's come to realize, those are things that actually touch eternity, right? Your yes. connection to a right. family, right? That's a right. family you'll spend forever with in eternity. You won't, you won't care about your photos of Bali in the kingdom because you and your family together, glorified, will see vistas that you've never imagined before you know right but but he was he was seeking things that have i would say touch upon eternal value and even solomon comes to the exact same conclusion he says he just sought to satisfy himself with and had the opportunity with all the things that we think will satisfy us and what does he say in the end he says you know in the end you fear right. God and keep his commandments right. that that is that then you're you're touching eternity. Well, you know, I've been kind of saying this more or less all along, but I think I really want to try to be even more like um uh, of a conclusion, not that we're concluding the podcast, but right. and it was over the last 10 years, I I've observed that overall that people who so 
what would we say in the church? You should organize your life and your family around God and God's will and what he's doing on this earth, which is the work. It's why we emphasize the work all the time. It's what we come back to. But many, many people over the last 6,000 years have, have tried many different things. And so now here at the end of the age, we have van lifers, sailing people, full-time travel, and they're seeking um, some meaning. And, right. and, and, and they find some in the adventures. But what I started to observe is so the for, for the first year, and I'll think more of like the travel people. Um, they do have a blast. It's absolutely fun. There's no two ways about it. They if they do it right, they they have a great time. Uh, but starting in two year year two, they're they've kind of the, some of the novelties worn off, and they're still having fun traveling and everything. But it's not quite as exciting as it was the first year. Yeah, and often around third year is really the pivot year for them. Interesting. Where the where the it's not checking off their boxes. It's not filling their needs and they're not finding this great life purpose that they thought that they would. And so they, they kind of go into one of three different directions. I find, um, very commonly there's a breakup. They don't stay together. Um, another path that does happen, a number of them have happened and those are still around. In most cases, they actually get married and start to have kids. And in many cases they stop traveling. And so then they kind of get more, they do still travel, but it is right. not their full-time occupation anymore. That's a very common outcome. Well, say very common. You've seen um, it. I've seen it's it more than once. Yeah. Um, but another one is cause there's like solo people that do it as well. Um, they get to a point where there's the video that's like, I'm not doing so good right now. Mm. And I, in no way making fun of them. In fact, no. I, it, 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 I have sympathy for them. I understand they're out there doing the best they can. They don't know anything. They live in darkness spiritually and they, they can't find the happiness they're looking for and they get depressed about it. It's, it's oh, wow. Now that, that is leading. That is going straight to our third point. So let's, let's say we've said at the beginning what, it, you know, sometimes they're frauds, right? Well, then mm. we kind of change to, well, sometimes they're sincere, but you aren't seeing the full reality, right? You're not right. seeing the whole picture. And we kind of transitioned in talking about that because it's a natural transition. Part of not seeing the whole picture is included in this, but I, I did separate it as something else because I think it's the most significant version of not seeing the whole picture. And that is you're even if they're sincere and they're you're they're really having fun as you as you watch them, you're not seeing the potential aftermath. And here is someone that the person, Mr. Robinson, just mentioned, I'd, I'd be willing to stipulate that he was sincerely enjoying what he was doing. You know, it just it seemed to really provide uh, it seemed to check off all these boxes. Mm -hmm. This is a great life and I, I'm really enjoying it. And, and I hope you'll be inspired, right, to oh, enjoy yeah. this life, too. A lot of them say that. Yeah. They want to inspire yeah. you to enjoy this life and pursue then, your passions. How do you feel about that, Mr. Smith? Pursue yours. Exactly. Pursuing your passions. Oh, we ought to get a, a micro based uh, podcast one day. But no pursue things based on your values, right. you know, not your wants, not your passions, but based on your values that will involve some passions. It will involve though some drudgery, but it's a path to far more contentment in this case. I don't know what the, the guy guy was pursuing necessarily, but then all of a sudden, boom, and you have this video where it's like, you know, Hey guys, I'm, I'm not in a really good place. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing is, if you've been pursuing that life off to that point, only now do you see the aftermath for him when up to that point, you've been thinking, Oh yeah, you, you change your life. It's like, I, I want to do this. I want more of that. 
And how many of them don't actually do a video like that? Maybe some of them, maybe they just take their money and kind of, I need to take a break. This is just, you know, and kind of get away from it. Well, the third point that we wanted to mention about this is even if they are sincere and even if they're real, you're not seeing the potential aftermath. And one of those, in, in one case where you actually did get to see the aftermath, but it has embittered a lot of her followers, what... It's going to be anti-vegan central today. Yeah, yeah. Was another, and I, I, it's a good example though. It's a, it's a, an actual another vegan uh, influencer that Mr. Robinson was aware of. Right. Um, so I went back and did a little research because I wasn't that familiar with her story, but um, she, looks like she started out about six years ago, and her channel really heavily revolved around being vegan. But it seems about three years in, suddenly uh, a video pops up that's something along the lines of. Hey, I tried an all meat diet for 30 days, which I don't know how much she foreshadowed that with her, <laughs> with her <laughs> audience or not, but, um, she admitted that her health had dropped off dramatically. And she, I think, I think she said at one point, uh, I could be mixing this with another influencer. Um, what, what a lot of times somebody in the situation does is they double down because their life is so invested in this like ideology. Mm -hmm. So they double down on it, which actually in her case just made everything made it worse. worse. And wow. you got, she got so desperate because her health had dropped off so dramatically. And she just, she describes all these different maladies and you listen to her and you think, Oh yeah, that sounds pretty bad. And so she actually had to change the name of her channel over time. And it's, I'm not going to say what it is, but uh, anyway, she was open and upfront and honest that what she thought her life goal and journey and, and what she was promoting and her ideology that was so important was actually wrong. It's yeah. just wrong. And it wrecked her health. And she now she's just not shy about it anymore. Um, that she eats meat all the time and her health is so much better. But, but the larger point again is, was, didn't you say, so that like some of her followers responded kind of, oh, yeah, they, were, they were really, yeah. A lot of hate. If you leave the vegan community, because it, it like there's large elements of it that feel of a religious nature. Mm. Like that's how strong the ideology is. You'd mentioned at least one that said the whole reason I was doing this was because, yep. because a lot of, of comments like that. You were the one that inspired me. Influencer. That's right. That's you're right. the one that influenced me to try this diet and I changed everything. And now you're, you're you know, and She's like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, yeah. I couldn't keep on because I, it, I felt so bad. See, and that that's part of what. And again, I'm, I'm presuming that she was completely sincere. Uh, I, I don't know that she was apparently upfront about the deterioration that was happening before she changed. You know, but right. That's but part of it is because there's, there's, you know, we talk, Jeremiah seventeen nine says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick or wicked. Who, who can know it? Well, that's going to include some of these influencers, right? Like here you have them and, and all the more when you are vested. Another thing the Bible says is where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Well, someone's invested in this way of life. They, they've, put, they've poured so much into it. That just only makes it that much easier to deceive yourself that there's something negative going on. And why would you... Why would you tell your influ the people you're influencing? Um, oh man, oh, I just my my stomach was racked with pain today, you know. And it, it could be the diet that I'm that I'm on and showing you all these things, or it could be the supplements that that I've been selling. But but probably not. I think it's probably this other thing. Well, then you go on. Well, no, you 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 just presume because your brain is so invested, your heart is so invested. Until eventually, in the these cases, like like Mr. Robinson mentioned, reality just will not 
it will not let go of you. And, and that's a mercy when reality doesn't let go because we have an amazing capacity to ignore oh, reality yeah. for a long time. You know, it's interesting that you, you've put it in terms of reality and like, um, there's one other little short snippet I would share from the, from the travel blogger that I've already excerpted from is, as he talked about, he talks about how the pursuit of his travel and his channel kind of blinded him to other things. Mm. He said, um, I think in certain chapters of my life, I've lost out on interesting that he frames it that way. Interesting. It's been my lighthouse. And he's talking about like his, his pursuit of his travel channel was his, the lighthouse. That's what was, was leading the way for him. Interesting. Uh, it's been my lighthouse that has sometimes been covered in fog because I'm so head down trying to build, trying to build, but lost sight of some of the things that really matter. And that's really one of the most important parts of that. Sorry, it's a transcript. So it's like, awkward. <laughs> Uh, that is that lifelong wife, that partner. And I have been investing really heavily in building out our relationship because he, he does have a girlfriend. I'm in a stage of my life where I'm so far beyond that chasing girl moment. I'm looking for someone to build my foundation with, to grow with, to build a family. And that his, his live in La Vida Loca travel influencer channel and by the way he has a course on how you can become a six figure of course <laughs> <laughs> but i i really appreciated his honesty in this case that he recognizes that it was a whole lot of fun and he mm. enjoyed it but also it kind of blinded him to some of the things that were much more important in life you know i might pivot to one i have a um, a scripture that i thought was interesting and um because I, I can understand with the, the travel people, the sailing people, the van lifers, all these people, because you're outside a lot, okay? And so they go out, they enjoy God's creation, which is a, a wonderful thing. And they're out there in it more than people who are in an office all the time, you know, with the, where you don't get out enough. We don't get out a lot. And, um, but they're missing the most important part of that process, which is a connection to their creator. So the, the scripture I thought that would be good is Psalm 8. Verses three through six hmm. says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, like the majesty of God's creation. And I, I feel like these, a lot of these other people, though they, they don't really, they don't understand it or think of it in this way are impressed and in awe of God's creation. Even if that's something they don't just don't recognize that's the source. Yep. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you've made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Highlighting what our purpose is, what our what our potential is, if we embrace the, the rest of it. Because some of these other individuals that we mentioned on the podcast from time to time, they'll point out how it's, it's this is fairly, I shouldn't even say fairly, this is heavily supported by science in fact i know that's been twisted these what the science has been twisted but when you focus in internally it is equal to a negative emotion like it fills you with negative emotion and what i've seen is again these travel people where no matter how well intentioned and what they're thinking going and pursuing a travel lifestyle is inherently kind of selfish when we come down to it it's mm. focused on you and your journey and your adventure and it and i know they think that they're following their passion and they're inspiring others to do it, but it's still fundamentally an, an internal thing. So you use this beauty of God's creation. We can use it to help us focus on the amazing power of God and the fact that he wants to share that power with us. That's like what I, part of what I get there with Psalm eight, 
there in, in verses five and six that like God's amazing and he wants to share this with us. And that's something that you just don't, you don't have that in view at all when you're pursuing your own, your own influencer interests. Mr. Robinson, that actually ties into, I think, you know, it's interesting because I, I think we're, we're getting to a point where we can, we can conclude. I think so. Uh, you know, Exodus 20 verse 17 gives us the 10th commandment, the last commandment. And it just says straight up, you shall not covet. And it gives a list. Uh, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, nor shall you covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that's your neighbor's. You know, sometimes when the Bible gives a long running list, it, to me, it's like it's trying to say, look, the whole shebang. It's like the one hymn we sing, uh, 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 praise ye the Lord, you know, trees and mammals and lizards and monkeys and, and insects. And the whole point is everything, everything should be praising the Lord. Well, God is really highlighting in that 10th commandment, don't covet things. Don't look at your neighbor and let the life your neighbor is is living cause you to feel an inordinate discontent. It's one thing to look at someone and to, to measure one's life against one's values and to say, okay, well, am I, am I really living according to my values? You know, that's not what we're talking about. And that's not what, what influencer life tends to, tends to, 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 to build on. You look at what Paul says in first Timothy six, he talks about how godliness with contentment is great gain. There's a value to learning to be content with those things with which we should be content. And Proverbs 14 verse 30 talks about envy is like rottenness to your bones, mm -hmm. that it can just corrupt you on the inside. And I think that's such a great contrast. God, God says, hey, don't covet. Why does he give this commandments? It's not just to hold society together, but it's hold our lives together versus envy doesn't just tear you apart. According to the proverb there, it tears you apart from the inside. And there's, there's a great wisdom there. Go figure when God says something, it's very wise. Be wary of covetousness driving you. And generally influencer culture is about trying to get you to envy something so much that you see it in someone else's life that, that you'll, you'll begin acting on that. I think that's a good, that's a great summary, Mr. Smith. I almost shared with everybody, <laughs> which I'm about to do. <laughs> you know, you're talking about the um, when God's talking about the, the whole shebang. So, the, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I ran across today in my Bible study. You've probably you should you'll know this word, the synecdoche. Oh yeah, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, a figure of speech in which the part stands for the whole, or the whole for the part. And an example is the hand of the Lord denotes all his being and perfections available to his people. That's one, one way you could define it, but that the hand of the Lord is representative of a far larger idea than merely, right. you know, right. him taking action. Anyway, I, that's our, that's our, that's my nerd insertion for the man. Synecdoche. That's a good, that's a, that's a $3 word. Synecdoche. <laughs> I think it's also the name of Christopher Nolan's production company. Am I wrong? Or is I it something else? Starts with an S. Yep. Starts nope. with an S. I can't remember. No, syn syncope or something. I, okay, forget all that. We don't really know. But synecdoche, yeah, that, that's... You, I did have to look up how to pronounce it. <laughs> it's, it, is, it is a pretty funky word, but hey, in the editorial department, we're all about the exciting words. That's right. So to leave you with a point, yes, there's influences out there. So what is your job, young person listening? Your job, the fact is you're going to be influenced. It's a fact. We're surrounded by influences. So make sure that God and Jesus Christ are the greatest influence on you from the get-go because that then puts all other influences in perspective. And then look to 
family that is invested in you and knows you and is invested in the outcome. Take your friends who are trusted and wise, the ones that are capable of telling you things you don't want to hear. Uh, Don't allow some person, even sincere, but living some life that seems so fantastic, who frankly, they are, they live hundreds, if not thousands of miles away, and they have nothing to do with your life. Don't let that influence you too greatly. God has actually created a life around you that has influences that you should be seeking. Above all of those, God and Jesus Christ influence itself. So yeah, be beware of the lure of the influencer life. You like how I got the title that back nice. in there, Robinson? That was good. Well done. Thanks. I feel, feel proud of myself. Mm-hmm.